Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. <coughs> Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cube. Cube. Lackadaisical Libro Cube. This is who I am. Uh, I should say, at the top of every show, that it's normally smoother than this. That's what he said. No, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And neither does this podcast quite often. Hmm. Uh, One thing I should say at the top of every show, including this one, is that there will be spoilers. I say that for the reason that most likely the chance of spoilers are high. So this covers my ass like so very, very much underwear. Thank you for taking heed of this warning. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million (laughs) dollars. Couldn't even say that with a straight face. You'll have to take my word for that, that my face was not straight. Take my word. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcast, and this is one of those. Uh, I think uh, I'm going to push a button, and that will get us officially started thusly. Ladies and gentlemen, review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor are Mogwai Diet Pills. Don't eat after midnight and drinking water causes the pounds to literally shoot off. Shoot off! Okay, uh, how many movies do I have? Looks like four, if I were to count them, which I did, and I counted wrong. I just realized it's only three. One of them has a very long title, which made me think it was four, but it's in fact three. That's just the kind of mad cap hijinks that can happen on a podcast where you don't plan basically anything, for the most part. Movie the first is Gremlins. Yes, that Gremlins. Uh, I realized, I don't know, but a week or so ago, that the missus had yet to see the movie Gremlins, which is sickening. I was sickened. I did vomit. I didn't actually vomit, but... I knew this had to be remedied, so that's what I did. Uh, she didn't hate it. Hey, that's uh, we're going to mark that down in the win column as far as her ratings are concerned. She gave it a two and a half out of five. <sighs> well, no, if you've listened to many of these episodes, that her rating scale is broken and the movie Rush Hour gets five out of five, whereas this gets a two and a half. Clearly damaged beyond repair this rating scale she has uh on that note uh gotta give gremlins you know what i think i'd give gremlins one a four out of five 
in Gremlins 2, which I'm going to watch and bring back next uh, movie monologue in next week's episode, probably give 5 out of 5, from uh, what I recall. And I've probably seen Gremlins 2 more times than I've seen Gremlins 1. On that sort of note, it's uh, been so long that I that I had seen this one that uh, quite a few things I didn't remember, so that was kind of a pleasant surprise. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it's about gremlins, you idiot. Jesus. So dumb. Uh, yeah, uh, Jim Henson? Is it a Jim Henson joint? I do believe it is. Uh, some of the special effects are a little on the dated side. That being said, some of them hold up. Some of the practical effects, which... I think what stands out most for me, uh, as far as that is concerned, is the uh, the sort of gremlin eggs. Those things look really, really gross, and I would not want to be near or touch them, uh, even knowing that they're just uh, props for a Hollywood movie. Even, even knowing that, I wouldn't want to go too near and touch them, because they're so gross looking. So, kudos on your gremlin eggs. Gremlin eggs. Okay, uh, let's move on to Movie the Second, which has a long title. Hmm. And a colon in it, no less. Wow. Uh, Supermensch, colon, The Legend of Shep Gordon. What is this about, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. Let me read the Imbede, which may help. The life and career of legendary Hollywood insider Shep Gordon. That doesn't really help. Well, I guess in terms of telling us that this movie is a sort of biography movie. Uh, Shep Gordon, never heard of him until I saw this movie. Oh, you know what I should mention at this point? A movie available on Netflix and uh, fell among the movies that Netflix recommends to me saying, I think you would really like this movie, Jordan. And I say, I don't know, Netflix. And Netflix says, hey, have we ever steered you wrong? And to be 100% honest with you, uh, Netflix very, very infrequently, if ever, has steered me wrong as far as saying you will like this movie, this is what we think you'll rate it. Uh, On that note of rating, since I bring it up, and if I don't remember to rate when remembering, uh, sometimes I forget, so I'd probably go four, maybe even five out of five. Very, very interesting biography of a person I'd never heard of. So, uh, if you are interested in Shep Gordon and have heard of him, uh, I imagine you'd definitely give this a five out of five. He is the man behind various bands, uh, Alice Cooper sort of springs to mind. Um, the, he's friends with just innumerable Hollywood people. He, and if you are unfamiliar with the term mensch, it is a Jewish term. <laughs> Jesus, I sound like a white person there. Uh, it's a Jewish term that means like a good guy. He's a really good guy. And, and I think that's what sort of drew me to this movie more than anything is that thought of uh, this is a good dude. And uh, the fact that he is good and sort of legendarily so and has gone far in a business where quite often people say you have to be a dick to uh, sort of progress is uh, is nice to hear. Uh, good friends with Mike Myers, Canadian Mike Myers, nice Canadian Mike Myers, who sort of is behind the making of this movie, I guess. Okay, so moving on to the third and final movie, which I'll have to do quick, because as you heard, I am out of time. Uh, 
Uh, blast from the past. <laughs> That's sort of the perfect description of this movie on a couple of levels. Uh, the movie is Space Cowboys Blast, for the reason that they blast off, past, for the reason that they're old. Very long pause for laughter to fill that space there, because I believe it needed it. Uh, when a retired engineer is called upon to rescue a falling satellite, he insists that his equally old teammates accompany him into space. Uh, this is a good movie. <clears throat> you know what I did? Uh, look through my Netflix, which again, this is available on, to try to find a movie that fits well on a Sunday. A good Sunday movie, which we all know has a sort of feel to it. And this one is a sort of quintessential Sunday flick. So I would say, rating-wise, that if you watch this on a Sunday, probably four, maybe even a five out of five. It's that good of a Sunday flick. Quintessentially so. Uh, if you watch it on any other day, probably give it less than that. So there you go. Stars uh, Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, Donner, <laughs> Donnard, Donner, Blitzen... Donald Sutherland and James Garner as the sort of uh, titular, no, not titular, but that's fun to say, uh, as the old dudes who go up into space and such for a reason. Do you really need a reason? They, they give you one, but you don't really need it. You don't really need it. Today's television talk sponsor is Canned Baked Alaskan. We put the can in Alaskan. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is a show that I'd never heard of or seen or knew anything about. Just sort of plopped into my eye holes. Uh, the missus and I fairly consistently looking for shows that we can both watch because we have somewhat different uh, tastes. So uh, trying to find something that will suit us both is quite often difficult. And uh, I think perhaps, and this is sort of a little theory of mine, that uh, boring reality TV is the sort of wasteland, in a good way, of mediocrity in a good way in terms of not being super appealing to people, but also being a sort of midway point between people with very different tastes, like the missus and myself. So, what we did is stumble upon a show called Life Below Zero. It is, as the Wikipedia page that I have open, because I no longer drive while recording a podcast, but rather record in front of my big screen TV that uh, is hooked up to my computer that is recording my voice talking and also has upon it a Wikipedia page of the television show Life Below Zero at this point. Whew. Got a little winded on that one. Uh, is an American documentary television series which illustrates the daily and seasonal activities of subsistence hunters. Subsistence hunters. I've never heard that term before. As they make their living in remote areas of Alaska. So uh, it's sort of, it's not sort of, it is in that vein that we, for some reason, seem to 
be seeing a lot of lately of uh, people living in Alaska and what their lives are because of that state. <laughs> and I don't just mean the state, I mean the state that they're living in being Alaska and the state of living in a very northern clime where uh, uh, survival is by no means guaranteed. Ooh, that's a good way to say it. Uh, I will say that the television show Northern Exposure gets a 4 out of 5. This show, which is not as good, probably I would give a 2, maybe a a 2.5 out of 5. For the most part, for the reason that the missus and I can both watch it and make fun of it, and the fact that it's not very good, I'd bump that up to a 4 or 5, because that is what it allows you to do. (laughs) make fun of the show and I suppose meanly which in the comfort of my own home uh, the missus and I while watching a show like this will be mean about the people that we see on shows such as this I would never do it in public the fact that I'm mentioning it now even gives me a little twinge but uh, yeah we're very very mean in a humorous way about people such as Oh yeah, there was a list on this Wikipedia page, I do believe. Uh, Sue Aikens. She's a 50-year-old woman living in Quebec, 197 miles north of the Arctic Circle, in extreme isolation. Her motto is, if it hurts, don't think about it. (laughs) Uh, That really just sort of sums it up for me. The funny thing about that is, I don't remember her ever saying that. And I think the episode we watched was either the pilot episode or the second episode. So if that's her motto, she doesn't use it very often. Uh, Next we have Eric Salatin. A 29-year-old man living with his wife Martha. 67 miles north of the Arctic Circle. I don't remember that one per se. Oh yeah, I think that guy had this cool thing I'd never seen before. It was like a, a water wheel that catches fish. The reason I like that is, uh, unless shit goes wrong, which it did, because this is reality television, you basically just put this thing in the water and it catches fish for you, and you come by every once in a while and take off the shit ton of fish that it has caught for you, so that that was kind of cool to see. Uh, We've got a Chip and Agnes Hailstone, and their seven children. Oh boy. And um, we're out of time, but I would recommend the show for the reasons that I have stated. Mm, Life Below Zero. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's Book Banter sponsor are Kittenman's. Originally housed in Patty's Pub. Hmm. If you are unaware, I'm about to read part two. And yeah, sure, the final part of uh, Jacob Brumfield leaning sideways comedian part two colon um, speed dating. This is speed dating, right? Yeah, speed dating. Okay, so away we go. There's a saying, and Jacob had never tested its validity, that if you throw a frog in boiling water, it will die. But if you gradually, degree by degree, turn up the heat over a long period of time, the frog will adapt to even boiling temperatures. Jacob believed his brain shared this trait, and that a 
and that as long as he had enough time to get used to something, he could do so. However, if you sprang something on him suddenly, like this, his brain would, well, boil. Frog brain, ladies and gentlemen. You are? said the lovely date organization lady. Well, I will tell you... Well, I will tell you what. Give me a hand setting up, and once we start with the speed dating, I will keep my eye on you. If you meet someone you like, you give me some sort of signal, and I will slow down the timer a bit. This will give you an extra minute or two to work your magic. My name is Lily, by the way, Lily said, holding out her hand with another, with another of those captivating smiles of hers. Deal said the tongue-tied Jacob. Over the next 45 minutes, Jacob and really, Jacob and Lily really seemed to hit it off. 90% of it was because Lily was so easygoing, and at, at least at first did most of the talking. However, and more importantly, however, once Jacob opened up a little, they found that they had a few mutual likes, and more importantly, a lot of mutual hates. When people started to trickle in, Jacob thought he detected a hint of disappointment in Lily's voice when she said, Well, I guess we better get started. Jacob was further impressed with Lily's ability to wrangle and organize the crowd. It was not long before he was sitting across from Daisy. Daisy noticed Jacob's book and said that she too loved to read. A promising start, thought Jacob. I love to read. I mean, I'm on the fifth read-through of the Twilight series. A sickly smile spread on Jacob's face. So, uh, is there anything else you like to read? Well, I had to take a break from rereading the Fifty Shades of Grey books because I literally could not put them down, said Daisy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, the thought of comedically banging his head off the table was the only thing that kept him from crying. The ding. When the ding was sounded to indicate it was time to switch partners, he was the very personification of Zach Morris. Saved by the bell. Uh, hi, my name's Belinda, said the next of his speedy dates. Belinda was both cute and was not Daisy, so that was two things going for her right there. Hi, Belinda, I'm Jacob. Uh, is that a pizza box? After the cuteness and dawn daisiness, Jacob's keen sense of observation could not help but notice the large pizza box on the table within easy reach of Belinda. Sure is. I'm starving. Would you mind if I eat while we chatted? Jacob liked an odd girl. There was no denying it. He decided that he would play along with this little bit of quirk. No, please, yes, by all means, go ahead. Belinda was about one quarter done. The delicious-smelling, seemingly extra-large, ooey-gooey, deep-dish meat lover's pizza when Jacob decided he could not resist and made his move. Uh, Belinda, would you mind if I had a piece of your pizza? The cold... The cold, hard stare he received back from Belinda made him physically sit back. No, Belinda delivered with monosyllabic line. Pausing. Delivered this monosyllabic line, looking him dead in the eye while simultaneously 
pointing the boxes opening towards herself. Uh, sorry, it just smells so good, and while there's so much of it, and I did not think you would mind. Jacob was at a bit of a loss. As he spoke, Belinda had moved the pizza box directly in front of her, and all he could see was the top of her head and her squinting, non-trusting eyes, gazing malevolently at him. No! Belinda shrieked. Others were looking now. Perhaps ironic for a stand-up comedian, perhaps not. Jacob had a fear mingled with a distaste of being stared at in public. He had opened his mouth to say something he knew not what when the ding signaled it was time to move on. What was all that about, said the next speedy dater when she sat down in front of the now-shaken Jacob. She really... Did not want to share any of that pizza, said Jacob, managing to keep his voice fairly lighthearted, despite the fact that he was starting to think maybe this whole thing was not such a good idea. <sighs> share with the Lord's people who are in need, Romans 12.13, said the next, at least outwardly seeming sane lady. The weight of what was happening to Jacob in this time, in this space, was starting to take its toll. As the dates wore on, and boy did they wear, he felt as if his head and the surface of the table were becoming magnetically linked with one another. I cannot believe they have not outlawed vaccines. All of the autism they have caused? So the next girl and Jacob's head sunk towards the table a little bit further. I really do admire Kim Kardashian for all she has done, the next woman uttered without a trace of irony, causing Jacob's head to drift further downwards. By the time Jacob reached what turned out to be his last date of the evening, there was one silver lining. With his head firmly affixed to the table, he was prevented from seeing the suspiciously hairy knuckles and what could only be described as an Adam's apple on this last lovely lady. Rough night? Jacob looked up, Lily standing over him, a look of compassion mixed with amusement. Jacob's reeling mind became even reelier with the flashing of Lily's smile. She clearly had, on some level, a bubbling laughter over the admittedly com comedically bad time he had had. Uh, people throw around the phrase, worst than the Holocaust, way too easily. J Jacob had taken a chance with this line. A joke like this had an almost 50-50 chance between success and failure. He kept his head pointed downward, but peeked out of the corner of the eye to see Lily's reaction. Jacob should have known. The long, hard, jubilant, carefree laugh like no one was watching guffaw that greeted him melted away a lot of the tension he felt. Let me buy you a drink, said Lily. It was several hours later when Jacob and Lily finally parted ways with an almost childlike, silly, laughable kiss and a promise they would see each other again. The amazing thing was that they both meant it. Jacob was amazed at the incredible highs and lows of the day he had had. There was a potential cherry on top he could add to this cake of a day, and that was to try to squeeze in a set on his way home. Jacob was well enough known at a club just down the block from his apartment that he felt confident he could get on. He was not often confident, so it was nice to have occasional burst of it like this. 
uh, Jacob's confidence proved fruitful, and he found himself on stage. I believe I may be a freak. In this particular instance, I'm talking about the fact that I enjoy speed dating. I like it so much, I would sign up for other forms of speedy human interaction in a heartbeat. Give me some speed-making elevator small talk, some speedy grocery checkout lines. Hell, take it one step further. I will take some speed marriages, speed messy divorces, speed custody battles, speed sex. I have down pat already. Down pat. Now, I should clarify, I've never once met anyone I would care to see again while speed dating, but I did find that fact out from each of them very quickly. The end. Question mark? No. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is Mordor Door Warehouse. We have more doors. Oh, well, thank you for for that, for sponsoring this. So, so very nice of you. I have a couple of games to talk about, as in two, and, well, one and a half. Well, two halves, maybe, which sort of make one. The first is called Minute Quest. Mm, this is an iPhone game. I felt like I haven't brought back an iPhone game in a while. The reason being, I don't really play it on my iPhone much lately. But uh, I kind of made the effort to search out something that looked like it would be fun and not too uh, headspace consumey. If that's a thing, which I'm making it a thing, so it is a thing. Uh, and this is right up your alley if you want something to just sort of twiddle the time away. Uh, not since Peggle, perhaps. Well, no. There's been other games, but but still, yeah, but still, basically what you do is um, tap, you tap things, you tap the screen, you don't even have to tap specific areas per se, you just pretty much tap your screen, and your little little 2D pixelated character will uh, run from left to right, killing things along the way while you tap, and you know what's beautiful about that? You don't even have to tap, you can just hold it down and it'll do it as well, so... Which I found out after playing for a little while. Oh, you can just hold it down? Oh, you don't even have to look at the screen and you could be making progress. I'm like level almost 100. And if you play this game and realize how long it takes to get to level 100, you may be sickened by the fact uh, how much I've played this game. It's just fun sort of half paying attention to something while doing this. Uh, checking it every once in a while, maybe pick up and play it for, you know, 30 seconds, get your tap on. It's ridiculous that this is a thing, and it's even more ridiculous that it is a thing that I've played a fair amount of. On that note, uh, give it a rating of, for an iPhone game, uh, I'd probably go maybe 5 out of 5. Yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to think of games I've played more or would give better. The Room and The Room 2... Those those are five, so let's give this a four. Uh, Terraria, that, that's a friggin' six out of five on the iPhone. So, yeah, let's give this a four out of five. A very, very solid four of ridiculousness for giving it that high a mark for what it is. Oh, boy, that is one of the more convoluted ratings I've ever given, but um, nothing. Just 
it is. Okay, uh, this is more, I guess, of just a tease that'll probably, or at least my plan is, to bring back more in-depth next week, and that is Middle Earth colon. Middle Earth colon. That is disgusting. What's in a Middle Earth colon? Probably some, uh, depending on what you are, maybe there's hobbits, if you're sort of something that would eat a hobbit. Hmm. Middle Earth colon. Middle Earth colon may be the title of this episode, which infrequently happens, but uh, I think it may have happened right here because I like that. Anyways, uh, colon Shadow of Mordor. Mm-hmm. This game came out a while ago. Uh, I've always meant to play it, and the time was right because it was on sale on Steam for like half off. It was like 20 bucks. So, good game that I've really wanted to play, plus a half-off price tag, Cha-Chong. Yeah, not even Cha-Ching. We're going right right ahead to Cha-Chong. It's very similar to a lot of games I've played. It's... I kind of knew that going in from reviews and things I had seen. A lot of sort of fry-cry. A lot of fry-cry. Very similar to Far Cry, rather. That sort of idea. Uh, in taking Far Cry, which is a, a game series I love, and uh, I believe in Far Cry 3, I have my Platinum Trophy to indicate how much I loved it. Um, and then throwing on some Lord of the Rings-style fantasy. Hey, what's not to love? Um, well, I guess what's not to love is the fact that it's a lot of been done before sort of feel to it. And I think if it keeps on going the way it has so far, uh, I'm not going to love it as much as I thought I would. So, you know what? Uh, How about we do this? I'll give what my rating is now, and then I'll give what my rating is uh, after I've completed it, and we'll see if it's different. Right now, I'd go 3 to 4 out of 5. So, when, uh, when we're back next week, and I have hopefully completed it, we'll see if that has changed. Hey, plan, and I'll talk about it more. That as well. Bye-bye, dear. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Professor Pineapple's podcast production company specializing in the syncing of both serious and silly sounds since 1666. Okay, uh, what do I have today? Getting Doug with High with guest Beth Sterling, Roy Choi, (laughs) and uh, Horatio Sands. Yeah, I I don't think I brought one of these back in a while. And uh, wanted to in this case for several reasons. Uh, let's start with Roy Choi. I think I saw him on an episode of uh, The Layover with Anthony Bourdain. I'm fairly certain. Did I see that? Anyways, I didn't write it down or do any sort of research to see if that was a fact or not, but uh, I'm going to assume it is. He is the man... Yeah, okay, now I know I did after what I'm about to say. He's the guy who sort of was at the pinnacle, maybe not necessarily 100% started, but at the pinnacle of the food truck explosion game, let's call it. Yeah, let's call it that. So uh, if, if you see food trucks in your city... Um, and they're sort of getting bigger and more popular all the time, uh, you potentially have him to thank for that fact. So uh, that's kind of cool. 
Uh, next, Horatio Sands, who, if you are a podcast listener, you most likely have heard. Excuse me. I, I know he is on is on or was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, not a Saturday Night Live watcher, per se. Uh, as I always say, when that show comes up, which I suppose is not a mean thing or a nice thing to say, it's just a thing to say, uh, I find with Saturday Night Live, if you want to experience it well, you watch the best ofs, and, and not every single one and every single skit. And that way... You're going to think the show is good at all times, whereas if you watch every single minute of every single show, you may not have that feeling. Okay? And and that's expecting a lot. You can't expect every single minute of every single show to be gold. Jerry, it's gold. So, uh, I bet, though, parts that have Horatio Sands in it are always gold. Huh? There you go. Bring it around, because he's just super, super funny and quick. Speaking of funny and quick... Beth Sterling, who I want to see more of, just period. Uh, Every time I've ever seen her on anything, she has made me laugh very, very much. This included. uh, I I think out of all of them uh, on this episode, she was the one who made me laugh the most with her quickness of wit. Uh, One sort of funny, cool thing as well is that uh, I was watching it and then had to pause it. And the the pause screen, uh, well, you can go to my Twitter feed to see it because I tweeted it. It looked like uh, uh, Doug Benson and Beth, uh, they, they both had a face on, it was, it's the same face, and this is what I tweeted to Doug and Beth. Uh, it was the same face that Mike Myers, oh, look, he came comes up again on this podcast, interesting. Uh, it was the same, same face that Mike Myers had when Kanye West said uh, the president doesn't like work hates black people. What did he say? Anyways, that's the face that <laughs> that's the face that they had. So I tweeted it at them and uh, Beth Sterling favorited it. Favorited it. So uh those those a nice little niceness of her. So nice as well, Beth. I want to see more of her in things. Just again, period. Okay, moving on to uh, the Nerdist podcast with guest Adam Carolla. This is sort of a clash of podcasty titans. Um, mostly I think it has to do with the fact of Adam Carolla's movie coming out, so, uh, I get the sense he's sort of doing the podcast rounds a little bit to promote that. Uh, I am a backer of said movie, so, uh, I can't wait to get my hand on my goodies that, uh, I am assured by them are on their way to me. So, yay for that fact. Uh, the movie's called Road Hard. It's available in all your sort of typical places that you can get movies and such. Uh, and if it's any, if, if it's half as good as, um, oh, what the hell is it called? I was just talking about this the other day to his other movie, which is titled The Hammer. Yeah, his other movie titled The Hammer. If it's half as good as that, I think we're in for a treat. And, uh, I get the feeling because it is subject matter that is of more interest to me than the, the boxing from the movie The Hammer. I think I'm going to like it even more. So, oh, that's a Garen friggin' tea. A Garen Brigantine come back on a uh, movie monologue at some point. Uh, I'll, I'll bring that back for sure. Uh, last but not least is a, is a website. This, uh, this is Internet Intercourse. So, why can't we talk about uh, a... Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I fucked up my timer. 
as I do from time to time. It'll happen. Uh, I think I fixed that. You know, I'm not going to edit that out. So, there. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, uh, check out the website WeBook if you, like me, like writing at all. And you can post your stuff and uh, perhaps people will read it. Perhaps they'll say mean or nice things about it. Hey, why not, folks? That'll take us to the end of this episode. And I will say as I say at the end of every episode that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper